So this is episode number 375. This is a road trip episode, and I'm about to you know start that recording. But I did want to just say right here, we did have some uh, audio issues with the recording. And so I'm, I, I did my best to edit around that. But if you hear anything, uh, it's either something that I missed because it was so quiet or it was something that I just couldn't edit around. So please, please be aware of that. Also, typically a road trip episode has, uh, three parts. One is the trip there which is our expectations of the movie. One is our non-spoiler conversation in the parking lot after the movie. And then the third part is our spoiler conversation, which happens uh, on the drive home from the movie where I go to drop Evan off. Uh, This one is actually going to have a fourth part. Evan doesn't know about this, but uh, I had some thoughts about the movie after we had this, this podcast episode. And part of it was because I was thinking about the movie after having seen it, uh, when I was talking about it for welcome to level seven. And, uh, I just wanted to put those thoughts into this episode as well. Some of those thoughts, um, just, uh, just some of the thematic things that I thought about after the fact that, uh, we just we we touched on maybe a little bit, but didn't really go too deeply into. And, and honestly, I don't know if I could have gone too deeply into it with with uh, with our drive home, just because it's so soon after the movie. So that's what's up, and here's the episode. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Alright. So... Uh, we got we we're still getting used to our new microphone set up here. Um, we got we've got our headsets on. You can clip that on your seatbelt. Okay, yep. or I'm something. Clip it on the seatbelt here. I'm just trying not to make sure everything goes flying everywhere. It's the wireless pack. Yes, we're gonna go see a new Marvel movie. We are. We did not see Black Widow together, right? No. We, but we did see Shang Chi. We did see Shang Chi, which I then went and saw the next day with my kids. Oh, great. Um, at the th- local theater. And that's actually, I was thinking about Eternals and uh, in our local theater. So there's the Bremen Theater that's 10 minutes away from my new hometown. And then there's the um, Napanee Theater that is 10 minute walk away from my house. And this weekend, big Marvel movie is opening. And um, the Napanee Theater is playing uh, Ron's Gone Wrong. <laughs> And the Bremen Theater is playing Mayberry Man. Mayberry Man? Which I had not heard of. What is that? Well, it's apparently an indie movie about a guy who, he's an actor from Hollywood. 
it's basically Doc Holly Doc Hollywood or um uh cars. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Neither of them are playing Eternals. <laughs> I don't know what this means. Well, my daughter and I want to go see Ron's Gone Wrong. Uh, my son and I are actually planning to go tomorrow, I think. Oh, very cool. Yeah, because, uh, well, not tomorrow, uh, Saturday, rather. Great. Because um, he really wants to see it. But, yeah, <laughs> I just find it kind of interesting. So, both of those theaters played Dune for two weeks. Wow, nice. So, week Dune came out, and then last week, and then... Ron's Gone Wrong, and Mayberry Man. Hmm. We need to do a Dune episode. We do, and we will. Um, Steve has watched it, but didn't watch it with the sound on, apparently. What? I don't, what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he explained it, and it made sense, but I don't remember what he said. It was He basically had it on in the background or whatever. Okay. Um, and in that episode, I'll be talking a little bit about Foundation as well. Okay. Because that is your another classic sci-fi. I'll try to at least watch one episode it's of It's a that. foundational mm. uh thing in sci-fi very nice both of them are actually one of okay so eternals the trailer you know the kind of that old school sci-fi feel mixed together with marvel humor yeah and and so i'm curious if that's what we're going to get or not but i mean spoiler alert as far as our review of dune goes but i love to dune so much <laughs> I don't know. I don't. You can say something if you want to. I but, won't. I'll wait yeah. till the thing. Um, I I love Dune so much that I'm afraid that Eternals is just gonna not quite. Well, hit I the think mark. they're two different. They are. They yeah, are. They're, they're they're in different leagues. I think. I'm just afraid what league we're gonna get with Eternals. Yes. Well, because I mean we've got we've had a pretty standard Marvel league. A Marvel movie is a Marvel movie. It has a very specific tone and taste. And uh, feel even if you know we're genre hopping, right? They're very good at keeping it on brand, right? Um, whereas Dune and and things like that, you can just do whatever you want. That's aiming for like a Lord of the Rings level. And so Eternals. What I'm saying, comparing it to films, yeah. You know, here's the thing about Eternals though: is I'm at McDonald's, I'm in the drive-through, and I look and realize Eternals is the Happy Meal. And it just doesn't jive with me because of what I've seen from – I'm like, okay, I get it. It's a Marvel movie, and they're kind of keeping it with this kind of not quite but almost bobblehead toy yeah, yeah. kind of a style thing that they've had for the last few Marvel um, Happy Meals. But I'm just looking at this and thinking, no one recognizes any of these characters. Yeah, no. <laughs> no one getting a Happy Meal as far as children go. Maybe parents are like, yeah, I, I read this comic book before. Oh, but, but it could entice them to go see the movie if they're like, who is this character? I think Maybe that's, I should learn more. Was it Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. I have that right now, and I meant to like just do a deep dive into Eternals and read those classic early ones, and I just I never did. <laughs> so Yeah, I've been I've been sticking with my DC Infinite app. I want to switch up to Marvel for a little bit because I you know I wanna I wanna switch it up just with what I'm reading. But I also want to keep supporting the the DC app and I don't have enough money to do both. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've been I've been reading Batman Beyond recently. So the, the comic books. I've heard good things about that. I haven't good. read it at all, but yeah. I've heard good things about it's it. It's pretty good. Uh but so back to Eternals, I I really don't know what to expect. And then you also have the whole like it's it's got a pretty bad Rotten Tomatoes score compared to other yeah. 
Marvel movies, and people are talking about review bombing um, because of uh, some content issues as far as the, uh, some homosexual relationship kind of things. Yeah, I heard there. it got pulled from theaters or some theaters from that for because of that. And so I don't know what to expect. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. I From the trailers, at least visually, it looks amazing. Well, that's what got me thinking about Dune and all yeah. those things, though, is just you have these... I mean, that's one giant spaceship that they have that basically looks like someone took the monolith from 2001 and cut the spaceship out of it. Yeah, yeah. You or, know? Or as the, far as the material and the angles and stuff like that. And it's just giant, and it's just soaring, and it's just kind of this weird ufo thing happening mm-hmm. and you got chariots of the gods stuff going on where they've been just they landed on earth you know millennia ago or whatever it might be and i'm more interested in the eternal that they show or not the eternal the celestial the celestial that yeah. they showed because that's i mean that's the closest we've gotten to galactus on the screen and well and people were saying oh that's galactus because he's kind of purple yeah 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 <laughs> Close, close. Yeah. Well, and it's got, you know, Kirby designed it, so they all kind of look right. Well, and I'm curious. I I have a vague memory of reading a headline about a, an interview with the director talking about Kirby Crackle. But that's what I thought I had seen, and so I'm curious. Are we going to get some Kirby Crackle? So what does this movie have to do to be successful for you to enjoy it and and to, to say it's, it's uh, going to be more than two and a half stars? I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's got to keep up that visual interest for me. Um, I want to see like everybody keeps comparing that one guy to Superman who has the heat vision power, and so I'd love to see some. Again, I want to see Marvel outdo uh, the WB with how they do Superman. Because I, I felt like, eh. I mean, because I felt like they did that with uh, Captain Marvel a little bit, and I want. I want them to keep outdoing them so that WB feels bad enough to just <laughs> to do it right. To do it right, you know, <laughs> it's like just do it right. Um, and then I would also just like—I mean, I want a good team movie. Like, I feel like this is the first time we've gotten a team without building to it, you know? In From MCU, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's this is a whole slew of characters. I mean, this is. Similar to our road trip that we took uh, a couple years ago where we were driving for a long time and then there was a time change. Ah, uh, yes. With the Inhumans. Yes. In the movie, they they belong together. They are a team. And it's not, oh, we get the solo movie, the solo movie, the solo movie, and now we get the group. Right. It's, we're just starting with the group. And, and that's what's so interesting to me, but also what makes it so blah to me because you are not getting presented with a single iconic character right like with iconic captain being the word there well yeah but captain marvel may not be an iconic character for everyone but, but you she's got look an iconic her, look yeah exactly yeah. you have a look at, and if you don't know who the character is you see that character and you're like well that's that's the character that's a hero that that's a superpowered somebody who's going to do some superpowered things <laughs> and with these people the costuming is cool and it does give me the vibe from Dune and Foundation and some of these other things, but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like something that's going to capture a child's imagination, right? Yes. And so that's where I'm Lots curious. Of colors. Yeah, yeah, and and it's robes, you know, yeah. and it's not. Now then again, you had Star Wars with Jedi robes. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I mean, we'll see. I think they look very cool, but again, it's like, yeah, I can't really. That one's Angelina Jolie. Yeah. You know, and that's the only one I can think and of. And that's a smart yeah. thing that they did. Yeah. Where they brought in um, Angelina Jolie. They brought in, oh, what's her name from? I don't know. Oh, Selma Hayek? I don't know. I think that's her name. Anyway, they brought in some name actors that people are going to recognize. There are probably some people who are going to see this movie because of some of the actors mm. who are in it. But it's... We'll see. We'll see. We are here at the theater. We're about to walk in then. Uh, when we come back, we will have a spoiler-free discussion briefly in the parking lot, and then we will be driving home talking about the spoilers. And yeah, I'm just, I'm coming into this. What does this have to do to be good? It has to capture my imagination. That's what they have to do. That's the, I have set a low bar for them yeah. <laughs> with everything else, but if they can capture my imagination, I will count this as success. Okay. All right. And we're back. We are. We're back. And uh, so we're not sure how much of our previous conversation we actually used. Right. Because there was some audio stuff going on. But one of the things that we did uh, talk about was just uh, we didn't know these characters. But now I feel like I feel like we know these characters better now. Yeah. 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 I feel like we got a good handle on them. And watching them for a long amount of time instead of just viewing the trailer, I can now see that they have color coordination in their costumes much like the power rangers and so <laughs> yeah 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 so uh let's just do our spoiler free conversation right here okie doke so spoiler free conversation right now uh did you like the movie eh. okay uh, that's not a yes or a no I, I yes or no if you had to go thumbs up or thumbs down which way would you go thumbs down really yeah interesting thumbs down i would go thumbs up with it okay i would i would go thumbs up with it um Okay. This right. was my letterbox review. Okay. It's spoiler free, okay? Incredibly interesting subject matter. Incredibly slow and mopey execution. I can't disagree with any of that. Okay. <laughs> I still give it a thumbs up. Okay. But I can't disagree with what you just said. It's not It's not great. Yeah. It's not uh, You know, but but what I did appreciate it about it was it felt like uh, Arrival. Ugh. Or... <laughs> it felt like... That is not great modern, for a Marvel movie. It, it felt like a modern <laughs> sci-fi that was not like... That was trying to be modern, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but it had some of those elements that I was looking for. Yeah. It, it, did it capture my imagination? Yes. I mean... It, it, it felt to me like a 20th century Fox Marvel movie. Mixed with a DC producer, maybe. I'm I'm not there with you. Okay. I'm not there. Yeah. No, I I, I feel like it's. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like uh, Fantastic Four or X Men universe. It felt very much like X Men to me. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, technically speaking, it, it's this, kind of despite going the characters, to, I yeah, mean, like even like but, the tone and the pacing. And... Um, but I felt like it was trying to be bigger than yeah. it was. Oh well, it definitely was bigger. But I mean, it's trying to feel bigger than it was, oh. and, and then it went big. It was one of it those. Hey, let's go big or go home. At one point, it sure did. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. so what's your star rating? Uh, I give it three and a half stars. Gotcha. And and I had a hard time like ranking it. I put it around sixteen or seventeen in my MCU rankings. Okay. Uh, but my MCU rankings do not include uh, 
some recent additions okay. to the MCU. But. I gave it two and a half. And for the ranking in the Marvel movies, dead last. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, and see, my ranking goes like, which one would I rather watch more? Exactly. Mine you too. Know, I'm just kind of moving it up in there. and Mine yeah. too. So. Dead last. <laughs> Every once in a while, this happens. Like with uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah. Some, it just surprises me where it falls on the list. Yeah, well, this one, it just... <laughs> it tries to go with the big sci-fi ideas, and it and it makes it somewhat. And it goes into, like, the, the history yeah. of the Marvel Universe. Um, because they are long-lived. They are eternal. And like I said, and, this, this, is, this is solid stuff that you have to work with and i just think if you had more charisma in the cast or you know yeah. maybe it's not even I, the cast's fault maybe it's just the script's I, fault. i don't know i don't know whose fault it would be the editing maybe i don't know maybe i mean it, it's going for emotion though it's trying to go for you know these are characters we want you to care about we want you to care about their decisions we want you to care about their motivations and we want we want emotion to carry the movie. And that's another reason why it feels more, I guess, modern in that sense where it's, it's, it's all about the emotion. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, let's have the, the tears and that. So, yeah. Um, I feel like we don't have much more to say spoiler free. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Um, would you recommend it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing we do is, uh, would you recommend it? Who do you recommend it to? I do have one problem with this movie, and that is the the sexual content. Mm. It's a little different and a little bit more yeah. than some Marvel movies. And and I honestly have more trouble with the heterosexual relationship than the, the homosexual relationship mm. as far as, like, what are they showing? What are they doing with it? Um, uh, yeah. It's, I- it, it definitely, this is, a again, a modern movie where it's it's taking on modern sexuality and, and diversity. Um, as far as the cast was the racial diversity, I appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as they're trying to like fit into history and the diversity of accents. Yeah, yeah. Even before, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Then it the there is a they don't show anything. It's not quite Netflix level sex scene. No, but, but but it's a sex scene, and it is they're doing things. That you, they're more than kissing. But anyway, yeah, I <laughs> did not appreciate that, and that that did take, make me pause a little bit. And again, this is the Happy Meal showcase yeah. for McDonald's. Mm. So, all right, I'm gonna put the car in gear, and we're gonna start driving, and we're gonna hit the what do you call it? Spoiler, Spoiler organ. organ. Yep, we're not gonna hit it. I'm gonna play it skillfully. Allow me to do so now. Spoilers. 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 All right, that was good it. on the accompanying vocals there, Ben, with my <laughs> organ playing and your singing, I think. Yeah, you know, we do that, that live every single time. Every time. Every single time. It is rough on the vocal cords. But. And it's hard to get the organ in this car, but we do it. <laughs> For you, the listeners. It's a small... It's not a pipe organ. It's just a church organ. <laughs> Still, though. We have to get dollies. We have to wrap yeah. it. Yeah. As long as my kids are around to help us load it up, it's yep. good. Yep. So, yep. Yep. Um, I have a feeling we might not be driving around the block too much for this, but <laughs> I 
I did appreciate what it was trying to be. And I also, I did appreciate, again, the, the sci-fi elements. But it, <laughs> here's when you know you might be in a little bit of trouble for a movie. All right. Now, Star Wars aside, when you get a scroll in the movie. A scroll? A scroll at the beginning of the movie where the words are scrolling oh, by. yes, yes, yes. Um, explaining things to you before the movie starts. Um, you, you know, the movie's trying to maybe do more than it can actually do because it has to tell you all the things. Yes. Um, although the it, Noah movie had a scroll. <laughs> Star Wars does it because then it just throws you into things and all of a sudden, you know, blasters and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. And you, why are people blasting? Well, it's because of this. Well, and it's flash cord. Um, well, that too, but that's because it was telling you what happened in the previous episode, right, which right. is why Star Wars was aping that. Um, <laughs> but it, it's interesting because it, you know, everyone talks about show, don't tell, show, don't tell, show, don't tell. And to an extent, that is very important. And I, I feel like it's it's very good writing advice. I'm reading Foundation by Isaac Asimov right now. Mm-hmm. And I am amazed by how much, how much this whole thing is just telling, telling, telling. It's just people talking about the stuff that's going on. And that's what's supposed to be interesting. And I think that there's a, a place for that. I, I do think you can do something where dialogue carries everything. Are you talking about this movie, or are you no, talking, I'm talking about, about in general and how Foundation was? But then this starts, and I'm just like, oh, they're they're breaking the show, don't tell, and they break the show, don't tell a lot. Yeah, <laughs> this movie there's a lot of telling, um, but that's when you're trying to jam those ideas in there. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's it's also a little hard when you're trying to tell. The story, the in-depth backstory of all these characters. You want us to care about every single one, and all of them are depressed. <laughs> so when we're lear- <laughs> and so when we're learning about them and we're seeing their world, it's depressing. And the ones who aren't <laughs> depressed are the ones who are going to die. Yeah. So the ones that actually have found happiness, they they get to die. Mm. You know? Except for the Bollywood guy. He was funny. And he was happy. Yes. Until they told him that people died and then he was depressed. Yes. My favorite character in the film is that guy's valet. What an interesting choice. Hilarious. To have that one human character tag along. Yes. And there was one point where he said something and I busted a gut. I was the only one who laughed in the whole theater. It was like it echoed. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody else laughed. I thought it was hilarious. Okay, here's my question for you. You mentioned the whole Superman thing. What'd you think? Uh, that, excuse my language, ticked me off a little bit because it's just another deconstruction of the Superman archetype. Oh, I character. I don't think it was a deconstruction uh, of Superman at all. Well, but it's this. Let's do Superman, but he's evil, and it's just like Homelander. It's just like Invincible. It's just like Injustice Superman. We just keep going back to the same, well, I'm sick of it. I am not sick of it, but that's because like, you take that Superman character, if he chooses to be bad, you're in trouble. Yeah. You know, like that to me, it's, it's, it's just uh, like anything else in life. How can this be a horror story? Um, which is what you know, James Gunn did with Bright. Or bright burn. burn or yes, there's another one. Yeah. Um, but I, did you expect the turn? When no. Did, when did you expect the turn? I did not expect the turn 
at all. I expected the turn when they said six days earlier, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, shoot. sure, yeah. Oh shoot, this is this is gonna be. He's going to be bad. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's, he's there, and they're actually having a good conversation. He's not going to kill her. And then and then he, his oh, eyes kind of glazed I, I, over. I was I was right the first time. Yes. He, uh, he is there to kill her. Well, he showed up, and he was wearing black, all black, Ben. Eh. Clearly evil. Um, not his blue costume. How, yeah. do you, how do you get his blue costume at the end, by the way? Everyone else hooks up to the, the room and gets their costume. No, he did it. They showed him do it. Oh, they did? Yeah. What and about- they, they were like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to do stuff. Oh, that's right. What about the girl, though? <laughs> what girl? Uh, Sprite. Oh, well, you know, she can just make herself look like whatever she wants. So maybe yeah, she just hung on. She's kept yeah. that one up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. There we go. I get a no prize. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I did. I did not appreciate that. I did appreciate the turn where we find out it's all a lie and they they're just part of the machine. You know, it. One of my favorite sci-fi movies ever been, as you know, is Oblivion, and it's a similar, similar sort of twist That's there. A garbage that ending, though. It's such a wonderful film. The, <laughs> the last three minutes ruin it for me, where it's like, oh, you fell in love with this clone, but it's okay. There's more clones. There's yeah. more clones for you to fall in love with. Yeah, there so sure don't feel is. bad. Don't feel bad. You know what? It just. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about that later. We, we um, have talked about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I like the turn where you think you're you're doing one thing and your entire life is a lie and it's been orchestrated from behind the scenes. Um, I really like that. I also really really liked every single time the celestial guy was on the screen. So cool. Yeah. And the first time he shows up, like, just you can barely see his eyes because his face fills up the whole screen so much that you can barely see it. What and, a good way to do that. And that's what I'm talking about. Like they're, they're jamming this. It, it, it actually in some ways is like a Kirby comic in that way where Kirby just takes these ideas and just jams them in and, and then let's, okay, what's left over for characters. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of his uh, 2001, like I, the eternal stuff. I never really got into, but 2001, I read all of his 2001 comics where each one is about something in prehistory getting affected by a monolith and then something similar in the future affecting human history with a monolith. And it (laughs) it's eight or nine issues of that. And then, and one of them was a two parter. So it's really only like, I think eight stories where he follows that same model as the, the movie 2001 and his interpretation of it. But, um, but it's just him, like just ideas, 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 and, and just blah, here it is. And is there a lot of character development? No, no. This one, I felt like they were trying to do the ideas. They were definitely trying to go with character development and emotion and have people, they see, they have their perception of reality and then their perception gets revealed to be wrong. And some of them it's we have to change and some of them it's well i've given my life to this i i can't yeah i can't change mm-hmm. now and it's i don't know i'm not sure how much of an indictment of uh like traditionalism well and it, it, that becomes yeah I, I think there was definitely an element of that in this film um but also i think like 
it's it's also I mean you can sympathize with the the villains emotions and how they feel. Um, I don't think you can necessarily sympathize with them murdering other members of their family. You no, know, but, no, you but can't. You, but and and that's where you're wondering, or I'm wondering, okay, uh, is there redemption here? Is there redemption for these people who have made really awful choices? They don't allow for it. Yeah, the people who made awful choices pay for it with their life. Yep. And is there redemption for those awful choices? N- no. At least not after they know the truth. Uh, which w- interesting thing at the end there, which kind of takes away a little bit from my indictment of traditionalism idea or my indictment of you know conservative Christianity even, but um, that idea of the truth will set you free. Yeah, she's like, we will bring them the truth. Will they listen? Yes, because the truth will set them free, and that is you know it was true when Jesus said it. It's true, <laughs> yep. true because Jesus said it, and it's true now. Where it's truth is important, and and it wasn't a my truth will set me free. You know, it wasn't about my truth, your truth. It's about just plain truth because these are people who are living by their truth and making really poor choices. Yes, well, until the real truth gets revealed to them, and now they can. He's set free. Yes, and as much as it wants to be an indictment of this is it wants to be an indictment of uh, you know conservatism or, or conservative Christianity, uh, it's established that the being that they're following, while he is immensely powerful, is fallible. He messed up yeah, when he made yeah. the the what do you call it? The deviants. Right. Yeah. He said he made a mistake, and that's why he made. The Green Lantern Court. I mean, I mean, the Eternals to go back and fix his mistake. Yeah, but I thought they were like the same Eternals everywhere. But apparently, it's like he has thousands of them divided up into groups. Right, but they're not clones. Uh, but I thought they were clones right. based on the one light show that he did, which is the other thing that they do when it's the whole show. Don't tell, and you have the light show. I liked the every light show. single Marvel movie where there's any kind of exposition scene where someone's explaining something has to have some sort of 3D light show. Yes, it does. And it's and it's awesome. Old. It's old. That's they the, you need to find something new. That was my favorite part of the entire movie. Well, that's great that you had a favorite part <laughs> of the entire movie. But they need to find something new instead of well, just they do. continuing they the, they did it with vibranium particles in the Black Panther and they did this with like a vision the sequence. The whole they need to get beyond the puppet show. Like the they have to get beyond. At the least it wasn't an something. actual felt board puppet show, like in Man of watched, Steel. <laughs> you watched uh, the Dark Crystal TV show. Uh, I've watched like two episodes. Oh, okay, well, later I'm in like episode seven or eight or something like that. There is a literal puppet show <laughs> where you have the puppets performing a puppet show <laughs> to do the exposition scene. That's hilarious. It was really good, and then you bring character to it, and you bring, yeah, but. And, and, of course, they're making fun of themselves with that. Right, of course. Um, but anyway, did I like it? Yes. Did I enjoy myself? Yes. Did it engage my imagination? Yes. Is it the best Marvel movie ever? No. <laughs> no. It's not. But Did I it? enjoy myself? Half the time. <laughs> Precisely 50% of the time. Yes. Oh, and it was not a great theater experience for me either. Because I don't know if you could... 
there smell is, the breath of the guys behind us, man. I, there is a lot of different smells in this theater. Yeah. It was not just breath. There was breath, food, which might have contributed to the breath, mm. and B.O. Oh, I didn't get the B.O. thing. Okay. Thanks, the right. Lord. Well, that means it was either on the other side of me Ugh. or it was you. So It wasn't me. <laughs> I got to... Uh, and then there was talking and phones and flashes. It was it, it was not a great. Did you see the experience. flickering? Did the flickering of the screen bother you? Whenever there was torches on the screen, like it was messing with no, my photo no. sensitivity a little but bit. But the uh, the lights coming from the projector. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever there was a certain lighting, maybe that was the flicker that was lighting up us. Yeah. And in the back of the head of the guy in front of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the guy behind me, man, he was he was drinking lots of beer and he kept going oh. <laughs> like, it's like, oh my gosh, dude. Not gonna... And then he started coughing. I'm like, we're in COVID, man. You can't you can't just be coughing. Uh, like although crazy we chose like to that. go out in public. Yes. So... <laughs> we it was our decision. <sighs> um okay. So Okay, two more things I want to talk about. And I have one more thing. Okay. Make it quick. Okay. The we talked about the sex scene, the homosexual stuff. I can see why people would be hesitant about that because it is very uh, you know, it's normalizing it again, and it's just a very positive uh presentation of that lifestyle. And so I can see where uh, and and to be honest, like those two dads were better dads than I am. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. They were they, they're very good dads. Yeah. <laughs> they're taking care of their son very well. Which um, I know there's people out there who are like that. Good dads living that lifestyle. I know that, but you're right. As far as the normalization goes, and, I mean, it's, and it, it's that's not the way God designed the family dynamic to work and thrive. And but this movie is reflecting modern sexuality. Yeah, and absolutely. And yeah. Uh, what's your other thing? Uh, Post credit. Do you, you want to talk about? Other yeah, stuff? yeah. So I, I, I was just telling Evan in the theater how I appreciate how post credits allow us to have a complete movie that you don't have to end on a cliffhanger to suggest that there's going to be a sequel. You can actually finish your story, give it an ending, roll credits, and then suggest the sequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got two post credits here. One of which um, introduced uh, Eros Star or Fox. Star Fox. Thanos Very surprising, yes. Who has the power to make people fall in love with him? I think yeah. something like that. And then the other one, introducing... And I'm I'm looking forward to the explanation of how he is Thanos' brother. Because he is not purple, and he doesn't have the chin. And he says, hello, my fellow Eternals. Yeah. What's up um, with that? Uh, and then the other one sets up Black Knight, which at the beginning of the movie, they were singing Happy Birthday, and I asked... Evan, did they say happy birthday, Dane? And he said, I think he said Dave. It was Dane. It was Dane. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, well, it's Black, Black Knight, because <laughs> it's Dane Whitman. And, a character I know nothing about. Right, right. Um, I know more about him than I do about Eternals, for sure. <laughs> okay. And, um, which is why my ears perked up when I heard them say Dane. And, and at the end, they show the actual his Ebony Blade. What does that mean? What does it do? It is a magic sword that turns someone into a superhero, but there is like darkness to it. Okay. And it can cause troubles for you. I th- well, and they mentioned the Ebony they Blade. They did. Is that the Ebony Blade? No, it's Excalibur. I like that. Nice. I appreciate that. Yeah. But they're basically saying everything in our history. All of it. All any of myth. It, any, any myth yeah. was spread by them, including Excalibur. Also, Superman. Yeah. The DC universe exists within the Marvel universe. As does Star Wars. As Yes. <laughs> 
well, we, we knew that. About Star yeah, Wars, we knew that. But that's very fun. yeah. There was a lengthy discussion about Superman uh, and Batman. They mentioned Batman too. Did they? Yeah, when the when he shows up with his valet. Huh. Like, oh, so you're right. Like, uh, I, Batman and Jarvis. That huh? one went right yeah. over my head. Yeah. Not Jarvis. Alfred. Alfred. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. So. And possibly introducing Blade for the first time. Okay. Yeah. So a voice says, "Are you ready for that?" Yeah. And, and then it kicks in with a. That's a sports joke. Oh. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> the basketball. Song. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it shows how, how much I pay attention. But anyway. Sports. But yes, yeah, somebody shouted out, who is that? And this one guy was like, it's Mahershala. I was like, you know what? That probably is Mahershala. And if that's true, that's Blade. And, and if that's Blade, that makes sense because he was looking at a Blade. Ah, that's exactly why we can know that it's Blade. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that Blade, the special effects that they did when he was about to touch it, Mm-hmm. It's so cool that they've already developed like a, a visual storytelling language for that character that's different than yeah. everything else. Yeah. And this, I, I was surprised I, how fleshed out that was. I do have to say, I did not appreciate the way before that end credit scene where he's standing there saying, hey, I got to tell you something. Turns out my family history is a little complicated. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> where'd she go? Um, I didn't like that. That felt forced. Yes, it did. The It felt forced. And I'm just like, what? If the line had been a little bit different, it might not have felt so forced. Yeah, I'm just like, why are you saying it that way? Because obviously her family history is way more complicated than your family history. This is where he says, hey, by the way, turns out my family history might might tie into yours a little bit. Yeah. You know, like do something more, I don't know, less force mysterious and more, hey, I love you, woman. And and I I can relate to you now a little bit. Mm. Maybe. I was hoping we would get uh another another thing like we got at the end of uh uh Shang-Chi where the Avengers show up. I was positive that Shang-Chi might be one of those post post credits. Ooh, that would have been cool. Where they are out maybe cuz when they're out in space for the first one I'm just like, ooh. Captain are Marvel. Are they going to be the ones who actually like detected the the rings, you know, or yeah, something or, like that? Yeah, or are they going to find Galactus? No. And here's another thing. With how cool these Celestial is, how is Galactus going to top this? It will be very hard, and it will be very similar. Yeah. Also, another similar thing to Fantastic Four is one of those deviants where he's collecting all their powers. Super Scroll. Super Scroll. How are they going to do that? Come on, Marvel. You're, 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 not even, you're not repeating yourself. You're making it so you can't repeat yourself. Yes. So, all right. Well, that's it then. Final word? Final word. I don't have anything clever this time. Oh, oh, I felt like that was an eternal movie because yes, you did. It because, was yeah, yeah, it so was slow. And, and I feel like that's the reason why it's not going to do great. And that's the reason why my local theaters are not carrying it. So. Time to go rewatch WandaVision. <laughs> or anything. Yes. Or anything. All right. Uh, maybe rewatch Dune. I don't have uh, HBO Max I'm just saying premium. That that's something that. You could rewatch instead of this if you were so inclined. Yeah. Dune is good. Well, we'll talk about that. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And my final word is Godspeed. So I 
I, I thought about this movie a lot after seeing it. And that's actually one of the marks of a good movie. It's not necessarily the mark of a good movie, but it's definitely one of the marks of a good movie is if it sticks with you and causes you to think. And what this movie got me thinking about was, um, it, it, it got me thinking about life. It got me thinking about, uh, the value of life. And it got me thinking about one of the things that uh, one of the characters said in the movie, which was when, when innocents, when innocents are killed for a cause that makes it not a good cause. And when they said that, I really appreciated the, the thought behind that. And, and I liked that idea. And then, so, so that, that comes up because the celestials are going to kill all of humanity to birth a celestial. Then the Eternals are running around trying to stop this from happening. And they're going to try and put the thing back to sleep again. And then they're going to evacuate the planet or whatever, which there's some cool ideas and there's some really neat sci-fi things that are going on in that idea. And, and I appreciate the old school sci-fi-ness of this movie more and more as I think about it. But I also feel like, I still feel like it should have been a a TV series. I, I, I feel like that if they had done Eternals, for Disney Plus, it, it just would have had time to breathe and and to really allow you to appreciate the characters more. But as they're running around trying to stop this thing from happening, they kill a baby. As this celestial is being birthed, the child is killed basically in childbirth. And I've heard people talking about this as an, an abortion or that they save the world by, by performing an abortion. And, and, uh, I've, I've seen some people who have been able to take this idea and, and use it to further, you know, the, the idea of, you know, the necessity of, of killing this, this, this child. And, and I, there's all sorts of ways that you can take that. And, what I started thinking about was the climax at the end in the context of that statement in the middle, that statement of theme, which really becomes the theme of the movie. The, the movie becomes it's, it's about saving innocent people, specifically saving innocent people from things that are more powerful than them. And that resounds with me. Then the way that they have to save the day is by killing an innocent. Because that celestial has not been born yet. That celestial that's being born has not done anything against anyone other than being born. Now, the other celestials who seeded these things inside worlds... They have done something wrong and, and that needs to be righted. But the thing that's being born has not. And the only way they can stop it is by killing it. And in thinking about it, it I, I feel like it is something that you could look at and say, oh, this is a quote unquote pro-choice movie, you know, and and there was no choice but for them to have to do that. and And, you know, and that case could be made. 
But for me, the case that gets made is the inherent hypocrisy of humanity. And, and it's inherent because, because of our sin nature, no matter what we preach, we can't live up to that ideal. We just can't because we are fallen. Even those of us who follow Christ, even those of us who do our best to follow him and we seek the Holy Spirit and we read our scripture and we follow Christ's teachings, we can't live up to it. And so you have a character who speaks one ideal in the middle of the movie and that ideal is beautiful. But then you have this climax at the end where they go against that ideal and they kill an innocent to save a world. Now, did they do the right thing or not? You know, that's one of those ethical dilemmas that they faced in the movie. And I really appreciate that they allowed them to face this ethical dilemma. I also appreciate that they, they took it to the place where it's like, okay, they're gonna have to, they have to give up on this plan and they have to kill it anyway, you know, because their plan was going to be to put it back to sleep. They weren't going to kill it. And that's one of those things where it's it's that that man of steel situation with Zod in the movie Man of Steel and, and Superman kills Zod. Why? Because that's what the movie makers decided to have him do. And there are people who were up in arms about ah, Superman wouldn't kill. And. I appreciate what they had Superman do in the situation. They took the situation. They used it to push Superman into a place where he had to kill Zod. There was no way around it. But then Superman also can be written to where he would do anything to figure out the way around it. And that's Doctor Who as well. You know, the the doctor, he finds a way. He finds a way to do the right thing and make sure the right thing happens. And even though this may look like the way to go. And, and there's, there were a couple powerful episodes and, and one of them was a David Tennant episode that I remember. And, and I don't remember the details of the plot. I just remember the moral conundrum that he was put in where he had to decide and, and he, he has to decide between this person or this group and this person or this group. I think it was an alien that actually was killing minors or something like that. I, I, I can't remember exactly, but they set it up as a situation where he has to choose between one or the other. And he says, no, you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to help both, you know? And, and, and so I, I look at the Eternals. I was just waiting for them to find a way to maybe transport the thing out of there. I'm glad they didn't because I have a story that's very similar to that. And, and so maybe that's why my mind went there because that's in my story. That's where they go with it. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to get off my chest. Some of these ideas that, that I, this movie caused me to think about. And that's one of the things. I really, really appreciate about this movie is that it did get me thinking about things and it got me thinking about this idea of hypocrisy, this idea of living up to the ideal that you look to, you know, and, and I absolutely have this ideal that I want to live for, which is to love my, the Lord, my God and serve him only and love my neighbor as myself. These are, you know, Rabbi Jesus said these things as the two most important commandments. In fact, not only are they the two most important commandments, but 
all the law and the commandments can be summed up in those two phrases. So you have this ideal and it's, it's this perfect ideal, but I don't live up to it. <laughs> I, I just don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't. And, and thank God, literally thank God that there's grace and thank God that there is forgiveness and thank God that there is growth. You know, you can't just rest on grace and forgiveness and say, ah, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, you still got to grow and, and, and move forward. And, 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 you know, while there's that ideal that's up there that you can't live up to, you can live toward and, you know, upward and onward, as they say, you know, that's the trajectory of the Christian life is, is to continue growing closer to Christ and continue growing to be more like him. And so I'm not making excuses when I talk about the inherent hypocrisy of humanity, but watching this movie they made me think about the inherent hypocrisy of humanity. It made me think about the inherent hypocrisy of me as I'm looking at my ideal in the same way that you have this character in this movie. And so anyway, I don't want to go on for too much longer, but I, I, I did want to just get on the podcast, uh, uh, just some more of these ideas and uh, ideas about the ideals of, of being a, a follower of Christ. So, yeah, all that said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending time with me and with Evan, although Evan is not spending time with me right now because he's not here with me right now. And I don't know if he's going to hear this because... You know, when you're a podcaster, you don't necessarily listen to all the podcasts that you talk on. So maybe he'll hear this. Maybe not. I'll tell him about it later. But uh, next episode, it looks like we'll be talking about uh, Dune or Foundation or one of those things. Maybe even both. Uh, we got a couple more movies coming up. And episode 400 is around the corner. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for listening and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. J. Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. And B.O. Oh, I didn't get the B.O. thing. Okay. Thank the right. Lord. Well, that means it was either on the other side of me uh, or it was you. So It wasn't me. <laughs>